0: Welcome back in. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. We appreciate your listenership, as we always do. I want to tell you that Steve Cleveland, our basketball expert, coming to you on the Zone phone guest line, the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung tab for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. DJ's out today. It's just me. So you got to deal with okay. me the whole time. But you, you be, 20 years ago, you dealt with me just about every day. So I'm sure you can deal with me for a few minutes here. No problem, right? That, that wasn't a problem <laughs> back then. That wasn't a problem today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about this relative to the jazz. And since I worked for the newspaper at that time and covered you, I was involved, and you always gave great access. You were very easy, as, as easy as any coach that I had ever covered. And still, to this day, I, I can say that, 30 years in the business. And I really felt I got to know the, the vibe of your team, and I related to the Jazz. And I, I think it was the second year you had Oro and and those guys, you had a pretty good team, and expectations were high. You know, when you first started, you had zero expectations. So, you can go down and break New Mexico's 40-some game win streak and it was all fun and games because nobody expected you to do anything. Well, then you fast forward a few years later and you got all sorts of expectations. And I can remember you guys weren't playing well and and you just look at it and your face, I'd come down to practice and watch and talk to you and you could just feel the weight of the expectation to get in the tournament now you did turn it on and you did get in the tournament but as we got into January you weren't really sure what was going to happen and I was wondering if you can relate that to the pressure that the Jazz are going through now because it's not a like uh, a warm fuzzy story this is about winning games these guys are expected to win ball games and if they don't the pressure mounts how does a coaching staff deal with pressure at level to the expectation when expectations are much higher because when Quinn took over it was like when you took over there wasn't a whole lot of expectation but now the program has risen to the point where there are a bunch of expectations. Well, I, I think first and foremost is that
1: you, it's okay to talk about expectations. I think sometimes coaches, you know, don't want to talk about expectations, not, not, especially other people's expectations of the team. And I think what you do is you establish, you know, what you expect, and you got to kind of ignore the outside noise. It's hard to do in the world of social media and, you know, games on every night. I mean, people talking about it on talk radio. But I think first and foremost with your players – is, is especially when you're kind of going through these types of things that you're spending a lot of time with the guys and talking through these things and getting their input you know it what happens sometimes in relationships you know whether they're trying to, whatever kind of relationship is when things go south all of a sudden people clam up don't talk and there's a lack of communication which makes it even worse and i think in College basketball for me, and, and certainly in the NBA today, when things aren't good, this is when the time you get down and look at the details. You have heart-to-heart talks with guys, and it's okay to say, hey, you know what, uh, Joe Ingles, you're, you're not playing at the level you need to play at, or Conley, or you know what, how, how can Bogdanovich score three points you know, against, the, against the Celtics? You have to have those conversations in front of your teammates so that teammates understand, that, hey, we're in this together, and nobody's picking on anybody, so let's not get defensive. Let's figure out a way to fix this thing and what we can do better. And having kind of those sometimes knockdown, dragout drag-out meetings among teams of players, I don't, you know, I don't know the NBA. I've not been in that environment other than to watch games and be around a few coaches and GMs. But if there was ever a time that you were going to bring a group of guys together to get them to play at their full potential, each guy has to be accountable. And for a long time, I think, I think when Conley was brought on, Mitchell had a great year. You bring Bogdanovich on. Those created expectations. Here, here's guys that can score it and shoot it. And I think for the most part, Bogdanovich has been who he could be. Conley's been kind of up and down. And, but that raised the expectations of a jazz team that was already pretty good. And they were, we always talked about them being the sum of the parts, you know, the, the sum of the parts. But I don't you know I'm a little in that league that you can just do it on a system where you have a great culture and guys are unselfish. You know, at some point in time, people have to step up and make plays, and you have to have playmakers. And I think for the Jazz, you know, last week we were talking, and they were 3-2 and two in their last five games. Here we're, here we're talking a week later, and they lose to the Suns, they lose to the Celtics, they beat the Wizards, and they're 1-2. Now they're going on the road this coming week, and they've got four games on the road uh, certainly three of the four are very winnable, Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Pistons. Pistons scares me a little bit because it's on a back-to-back, but at, at the end of the day, they shouldn't be any worse than 3-1. and You've got to talk about those things, you know, and say, hey, listen, we got a chance, let's get, let's get the Cavaliers one at a time, get the Knicks, and go in there and beat the Celtics. And that's how they can turn the confidence in this thing, to go to, go to a place like Boston and win a big game like that. And, and, you know, obviously it's not easy to talk about, but I just think that there have to be really open, transparent conversations and guys got to, you know, you just got to say, Hey, you've got to play better. And here's the things we need to do. But this team has always been about the organization leadership, about the culture, about playing hard and defending. But in this league, people have to step up and make big baskets and big plays and it, can't, it just can't be Donovan Mitchell going for 38 or 33. He's got to get a lot more help.
0: Steve Cleveland joining us here on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Steve, also, too, as a coach, you know, when you're going well, life is good. I've heard coaches say the food tastes better and everything is going. Your, your car looks shinier. No matter what it is, everything is great. But when things are in struggling a little bit, how do you balance uh, putting the time into it to the point of not obsessing about it and having it dominate almost your every thought in your life?
1: Well, as a, if you're talking about me as a coach and, and, and the, that perspective as a coach, I I think that there are there are times when. You know, you, you just got to go to the gym or you got to go, you got to get away. And I mean, there were times where I would, I had a big bass, I had a beautiful sound system. I'd go down and just listen to music. And uh, it was the way that I calmed myself. I'd just go down there by myself, you know, and just, and just lose myself in some 60s or 70s R&B and listen to music for 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe watch a movie, get my mind completely off it where my mind wasn't fixated on you know, the game or whatever. And I, I think everybody has their own way of, of doing that. And for some of it might be just getting a good workout in, for some of it might be music, movies, you know, what, whatever it is that gets you away from that world, then come back and look at it and be reinvigorated and, 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 and move on. But as far as the team is concerned, it, sometimes it's not a bad thing to, when, when you're in an absolute funk, and all of a sudden, and I remember doing this, you know, say, you know, we're not practicing today, we're going to go bowling. <laughs> you know, or we're going to do something so different than what we've been doing to get our minds off it, laugh a little bit and make fun of each other a little bit. And, and then, and then come back and get serious about the business because it, it can drive you nuts, man. It's, it's like having a mental breakdown. It, it's, and there is anxiety, there is expectations and it does wear on you. So you've got to be creative sometimes. And I, I can even remember doing some strange things. And all of a sudden we're practicing for 30 or 40 minutes. We stop and, you know, we, we're going to go see a movie, you know, or we're going to go bowling, or we're going to go do something that takes us completely away from it and come back the next day of practice, talk about it, and uh, it just those kinds of things that can kind of relax guys. Guys can laugh. Laughter is great. You know, guys can, can just be themselves, recognizing that, you know, we've we got a huge task ahead of us. And, listen, this, this Western Conference – I mean, Utah's thirty-seven and twenty-two, uh, and it, it, it did take one bad week, and all of a sudden you're at the seventh. You know, you're in the seventh seed. I mean, the eighth seed's gonna kind of got out of it. But I mean, from Houston, Utah, OKC, and Dallas, anything can happen. And I think we looked at the Jazz as being maybe a three-four. I think that's kind of what the expectation was, and they're hanging on at the five right now, and uh, so. Those, those are some of my thoughts, and uh, but I, I think you have to be diverse in and, and, uh, and, and how you handle your players, how you handle the team, but uh, this is not a time to just everybody gets silent and has kind of attitudes, and that just compounds problems. You've got to be open. You've got to be transparent. got to talk about it. you got to have some fun, and doing those kinds of things sometimes can relax the team. And go on the road trip here, even if you, you go three and one, it'll put a better taste in their mouth. And, and against the Cavaliers, against the Knicks and the Pistons, they're going to get open shots. And this could be just the turning thing point that they need to get their confidence back so when they come back and have a tougher schedule, they, they've kind of regained that confidence to shoot the ball or, more importantly, to defend the ball. Because that's, they gave up 56% field goal percentage to the Suns, 60% three-point. They gave up 53% against the Celtics and 42%. So... It's not just about making baskets and guys stepping up and scoring. Defensively, they have to be better and they have to be more connected.
0: So do you like just being on the road in terms of speaking connected and that when you're on the road, obviously you don't have your kids, you're not going home and whatnot. You're together almost all the time, except for the time you're sleeping. Almost every waking hour, you're with the guys here and they're going to be together throughout the rest of the week before they return home. With that in mind, is it a good time to get away and maybe have some of that focus and get some of that connection? because then you can go out and feel good about each other relative to your game, to my game. And then collectively, as opposed to being at home where if you're not playing well, you might get booed and there seems that there's more pressure at home on the road. You know, you obviously you're the visitor. And so it's a, I look at it as a great opportunity to get it back together. I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. There's no question that you can get
1: more connected on the road. Guys are together. They're covering for themselves. And, and think, the thing is, I mean, they're, they're, the, the schedule on the road, you look at it, I mean, they know who they're playing. They know what the circumstances are. But, they, you know, they've got to have the maturity to know that, hey, this is where we turn this thing. And, you know, all of a sudden they go 3-1 and one on a week, and they're 40-23, and 23, and they're in a solid – they're really in solid shape. I mean, you only got about 20 games after that. So this is a big road trip. And, and, and even though they're not playing great teams – This is an opportunity to go on the road because you do. It's just you, and you're right. There aren't very few distractions, and it's a galvanizing type of an experience where guys do come together on the road. And when you win on the road, I mean, it does so much for your mojo. I mean, I don't care who you're playing, man. Any win on the road is huge. And uh, and then that increases confidence in each other, and then they bring that back at home and start playing against better teams and they're more confident, they're more together, they're more connected, and it's just as simple as winning two or three games on the road to turn this whole thing for them.
0: Steve Cleveland joining us, switching to college a little bit. Now, Kay, regular season is over in the West Coast and in the Mountain West. Pac-12 still has the weekend to go before they get going in the middle of next week. So start with the Mountain West because the Thomas and Mac is being used next week, so it's now they, they moved it up. And the tournament starts this week, so they will crown a winner on Saturday. Utah State finishing a second. San Jose State obviously having a season for the ages there, finishing first. The, Lob- the Lobos get the Aggies the last game of the season on Saturday. You know all about that. You've been in the pit a million times, how difficult that is to play there. Uh, what do you think that, as far as the frame of mind, of the Aggies should be going into the tournament?
1: well i mean they they need to win that tournament and i mean it's not to say that they, that 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 they don't have a chance to get in at large uh but it's one of those things you know a win a win before the tournament at new mexico would would be huge and, and i i mean i've had that experience a couple of times and it's, i don't know that they're still getting 17,000 people to their games there but it's it's just a difficult place to play but The thing about Utah State is they've had some hiccups and uh, they didn't get off to the to to the best start and so now they have an opportunity in the tournament to to really turn this thing around. But you know they've got to I think you know they've got to get to that final game. Nevada has been a surprise to me. You know they they've been better than I thought they would be. Uh, Obviously we knew Utah State. No one saw San Diego State doing what they're doing. But you start and I follow a little bit. I I've watched a few games. In fact, I was. Saturday night. I Saturday afternoon. I was with Austin Ainge was in town doing some scouting for the Celtics, and we went and watched Fresno play Wyoming. He was just looking at some young guys, and we were talking about this league. And uh, it is the earliest they've ever played. Uh, but you know, on, on any any given night, you, you know, I, I look at Fresno, a team that had a great year last year and really struggled this year, but they played a lot of people, you know, tough right to the end, couldn't finish it because they got seven freshmen, and, and so. You know, you got to like San Diego State to win this thing. Uh, But but Vegas at times, New Mexico at times, Utah State at times, have shown that they're capable of winning this conference. So I think it's just – even though you've got San Diego State who's just dominated all year, you look at some of their scores, they've had closer scores. And uh, I I think it's just one of those things that you expect San Diego State to win this, but it would not surprise me at all to see a Nevada, see a Las Vegas – to, you know, one of those teams step up in New Mexico to step up and have an upset there. So I kind of – I could see an upset in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And, you know, hopefully that's a Utah State team that can really put it together and shoot the ball well. Uh, They're they're connected. They're a veteran team. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Utah State getting on a run here. But I don't know. You go go into that conference tournament on a loss – it's the earliest they've ever played it, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But but uh, I like Utah State's chances, but it's hard to hard to bet against San Diego State. I mean, they they defensively they are so good, and you know the Fagan kid that was at Santa Clara, the transfer, he's really developed into a really solid point guard. From they're surrounded by great athletes, but he's been a big big part of their success.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, as I say, a season for the ages. Now you got the West Coast Conference which starts this week, but the way they set it up, it's, it's basically the Gonzaga rules that they <laughs> don't have to play early so they don't lose their, you know, take a hit in their ranking by playing some, you know, lowly rated team. So they get to the buy along with the Cougars into the semifinals, which means for BYU's sake, Basically, you do play one game in two weeks, so they won't play again until next Monday, probably against St. Mary's. What do you do with all this time off? Now, obviously, it will help to get Dalton Nixon healthy. Healthy, Hopefully, he can get back. But how do you handle so much time off at this time of year?
1: Well, I, you know, you're, you're not meeting each other in practice. You're, you're having shorter practices. You're watching more film. You're doing a lot of individual skill work. You're keeping guys in tune, you know, you, you, instead of – Spending two hours in a practice, you are spending maybe an hour and ten minutes. And you're doing your weight room thing, so you you shorten the time frame. You keep with the same intensity. You want to lose that intensity and that confidence. And I think it's a lot easier being done with seven seniors. Guys know what's at hand. They've risen to most every level they needed to rise to. So it helps when you have a really mature, experienced team. But I think as a coach, you know, you're you're going to change the look of practice, and you're going to you're going to do things that shorter time frames you're going to work on special situations and it's a great time too to now put in two or three quick hitters for out of balance plays press attacks you know things you can put new stuff in that isn't on film and isn't on tape not that you're going to change your offense but you can tweak some of the things that you do and like you said it maybe does give Dalton Nixon an opportunity to be ready and and maybe he has a chance to play which would help them as well so those, that's how I would approach it. That's how you know I never had that much time. But anytime we had a Christmas break or something, we would we do a lot of time and score situations. You know where you're down three with 30 seconds, you have the ball. All of those kind of time and score things, you kind of go back to that because you know there's going to be close games. And then two or three quick hitters for your best players, getting the ball in the post, three point shots, whatever you want to do. But yet you're, you add a new little package for the postseason things that you can call out of timeouts, not that they're going to happen kind of organically within the course of the game, but, but things that come out of dead balls and timeouts, you give them a different look might be the difference in winning and losing the game.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to see what BYU can do because as I watch them you know, And these are the seniors that have been in the program for a number of years. And Yoli Childs, I mean, Saturday, he was just just awesome. Probably the best game he's ever played in college. You know, he just looked incredible. And so I'm thinking that for the Cougars, I've got extremely high expectations. I was talking to some of the guys at our station, talking about, I believe they can get the Sweet 16. Somebody said, yeah, they could lose in the first round, or which is now the second round, I guess. But I said, yeah, I guess they could. But the reason why I'm so high on them is because they've got a high level of skill. I think Yoli Childs is an extremely skilled big man. And that's good to have that. And you need that. But I think also, too, what separates this team this year. In addition to the skill level, it's two other things. It's the physical and the mental toughness that I am seeing. And I saw it on display against Gonzaga at home and then San Diego and then Pepperdine. Pepperdine was a close game, you know, through uh, midway the second half. So you got to have the skill. But the thing that really stood out to me were those two other aspects, the physical and mental toughness. And that's why I think this team can do some things. Could you address that? Yeah, you know what I
1: I agree with you. I I think that the the makeup of this team is unique. You know, when coming in when you add you know, you get Yoli back and then you get Barcello who's a really high competitive tough kid and and Jake Toulson and and, you know and T J is really competitive. But I you know, I I think T J has really had a great year because he didn't have to be the primary leader on this team. He has great leadership skills. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he is as competitive as a guy you could watch. But I think Jake Toulson has come in kind of as the alpha. He's, he's, he's got a dominant personality. He likes that role. And I think it's really relaxed and put guys in a place where they feel comfortable with what's happening. And I, I, think, I think Jake Toulson's had a huge effect on Yoli. We know Yoli had skills and, and on T.J., and they're both playing great basketball. But I think Jake is kind of the heart of that team. That's where it started. And then it's carried on. I mean, Zach Selyus, you know, you talk about Dalton Nixon. They're all playing with toughness. And Kobe Lee, I mean, it's not just one or two guys. But I just, again, I'm not in practice, but just watching outside and being at a couple of shoot-arounds and watching them play, for me – Jake Toulson has brought much more to the game than just three-point shooting. I, I think that he has brought uh, a, a leadership uh, – he, he's brought leadership differently than they've had in the last three or four years. I mean, he, he is a competitor, and he gets along with his teammates. They they all They have great chemistry on this team, and Jake embraced that when he came in. And that's not easy to do. A transfer who actually left BYU three years ago or so, I mean – you wouldn't think something like that, but he comes in with so much confidence because he has played for Coach Pope. You know, it's not like he's playing for a new coach. He's played for Coach Pope. He knew what his role was at UVU. And I'm sure there were probably conversations that, hey, one of the things about this team is they haven't been tough enough mentally, and they haven't had maybe the chemistry they should have had. And I think Jake's embraced that. And it's very natural for him. And uh, they just feed off each other. And I I agree. Those two things, those two intangibles, I mean, talent is everything, making baskets, but you can't really reach your full potential unless you have great chemistry and really connected and have that toughness. And this team has it, and and it's not hard to, to see. I mean, they're diving on the floor for loose balls. They're taking charges, not backing down from anybody. And I think that's why everybody's embraced this team and enjoys watching them play.
0: Great time of year, Steve. Thanks for being with us. We look forward to next week. Very much so in the next few weeks here. It's a great time of year, as I say. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it is. It's the best.
1: Take care. Have a good day. All right, that's Steve Cleveland, our basketball expert.